generations of superheroes, powers, and all sorts of undefined chaos that's consumed our realm. We are the watchers of the multiverse. George is your guide. Alright, what's going on guys? Jared here. Gabe. And Anthony. And Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Crisis. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Yeah. <laughs> and this week we have another special episode for you guys. We're reading Marvel's Christmas Carol. It's the Zombies Christmas Carol. Marvel's Zombies Christmas Carol. Thank you for correcting me. Where we have basically just Scrooge against the apocalypse. And later in the episode we'll talk about, you know, our Christmas, how our time was over the holidays. Yeah, so to, to start off, so Zombies Christmas Carol, uh, they take the adaptation of Charles Dickens's uh, A Christmas Carol, uh, which is considered to be a Christmas classic, and Jim McCann takes that and adapts it into, excuse me, the world of a zombie apocalypse. And it's just such a fascinating adaptation. Um, I know before the podcast, the both of you were... were Telling me you weren't... So, to back this up, this was a a recommendation by me. Um, And I walk into Jared's house and was informed that uh, it it wasn't a favorite among the Watchers. It was an interesting uh, uh, multiverse for us to take a peek into. To be fair. To be fair. A Christmas Carol has been told a million different ways. And then we got a million and one. We got zombies. It is so hard for me to just read another point of view of this and be interested. I'm just like, that's the same shit over and over and over again. You know what I think? I mean, they changed some of the stuff. I'll let Jared, I'll let you say your point. But they changed some of the stuff in the story from the original. What I think I was most pissed off about was (laughs) Anthony told us Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol. And here I am thinking, okay, we're basically going to see Iron Man acting like an asshole during the apocalypse. See, now that would have been, I did think as I was reading this, this would have been a lot cooler to see if it was a Marvel adaptation. I'm so confused how Marvel comes into play here. I guess it's just the company that wrote it. Yeah, they're the ones who published it. I hate that. (laughs) That... Well, to be fair, all right, so... I absolutely judge the book by the The cover. The book itself is not called Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol. It's Zombies Christmas Carol. It says Marvel Marvel because that's the publication. All right, then I'm here shitting on you for the text you sent us and getting my hopes up, thinking I'm going to see... That's because I'm a sneaky bitch. I am a giant Marvel Zombies fan. Yeah. I love all 20 of those series. Yeah, that may have been been mean on my part. So, (laughs) I got a little too high Total misdeception. Um, yeah. You said it before me. I didn't. I didn't make any kind of Bendis reference. No, no, you were you were good. But there. that is that is our now. The audience is aware. We <laughs> Jared got us a button uh, because a certain writer's name is frequently referenced uh, what's by his, everybody. What's his name? Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, fucking loves by going into going into the comic story, I feel I don't know. It's just think of a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. They just threw Christmas Carol in there. Well, and it's, it's the same. It, you're getting the same thing over and but over. But it's interesting the way that they do it because the change now during Christmas, 
I had actually watched uh, Muppet Christmas Carol for the first time in a long time. Okay. Which was a great time. I highly recommend anybody and everybody watch that. It's fantastic. Uh, but so that's that was the most recent version of A Christmas Carol in my mind going into reading this. And what's interesting about this version uh, that's different from the original is like the ghost of Christmas past... I believe in the original, it's just like a fairer, it's just a woman. Right. And in this version, they make it it's be his, his ex. ex. It's, it's Belle. Uh, which then having her become reanimated at the end of the story and then die in his arms, I was like, that's That was insane. a little morbid. But overall, I feel if... Even the fact that it was just another adaptation of... Charles Dick Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. I mm. feel if they <clears throat> if they kept a good plot with it, an actually good story with how the zombie apocalypse started and how everything happened. Because because Ebenezer Scrooge got bit by a horse. Some ran, some random horse. It's not a random horse. But that's where the comic lost me. So when we found out that Scrooge had something to do with the apocalypse and the ghosts were going to help him regain those memories, I was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. And then a fucking horse bit him. The, the horse's name is Orson, by the way. I just want to make sure that... I'm right? so, I'm so happy horse, that the bullshit horse has a name. Horse, his he name was is Orson. illegally fucking tending to him and somehow got a zombie... Zombie That's the real virus. moral of this story. Get get pet insurance. That way you can cure your horses before they bite you. Yeah. And then whoever Scrooge scratched and they after touched turned into a zombie. That just well, and then that it, didn't it have me. The whole point of the zombie apocalypse is just his disdain for Christmas just then spreads, and that's what makes everybody hate Christmas. You're not you're not hooking me in uh, here, buddy. That's fine. <laughs> I remember when I bought it for the first time, I think I thought the same thing, that it was going to be like Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol. And reading it, and it was just a regular Christmas Carol. Like, I enjoyed it just because it's it's a stupid comic you can just turn your brain off to. And the fact that they do take some of the actual dialogue from Christmas Carol and throw it in here, I think is pretty great. Um, the, as I mentioned, the change that a go the Ghost of Christmas passed was Belle instead of being just a random ghost uh, was an interesting change and the ghost of Christmas present the the two kids that like come out of them or whatever it's supposed to be greed and ignorance it's uh ignorance uh, yeah ignorance and want and want, want want is the female and ignorance is they the male which it. I do I feel is end, a little sexist on both I think parts the, well, I think at the end they change it to greed instead of want but those being the, the physical manifestations of, like, humanity's not sins so much, but, like, them being, like, the, the manifestation of this is now what is wrong with you and what is wrong with humanity. I did, however, think that when they tore into the ghost of Christmas present, when they just ate him from yep. outside in, I thought that was gnarly. That Some was cool. Some of the cool. zombie stuff so, that that's what I'm kind of getting at. I, the whole comic wasn't awful. The art, the art was there. I did enjoy the art. 
the zombies and everything about it I thought was cool. A lot of times when the zombies came uh-huh. in, mm-hmm. a whole cloud of smoke, it mixed between red, what pink, was the idea and green. The, it was the idea that the fog was supposed to be part of uh, Christmas past. Was okay. supposed to be like she was what brought along the fog. Yeah, seeing some Victorian era. Victorian zombies, zombies are great. Uh, just to do a quick uh, interlude here, I did want to point out that the art in this was done by uh, everything Charles to do with Dickens. <laughs> everything to do with uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present was done by David Baldien. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And then Ghost of Past and Future was Jeremy Treese. So just to get we gave we gave Jim McCann and Charles Dickens their due. I wanted to make sure the artists also got their due as well. Um, but yeah, seeing the Victorian era zombies is incredible. I would recommend the Dead Quardians, I think it's called, which is a Victorian era zombie story um, that also deals with like vampires and stuff. I got the full series from uh, Wade's Comic Madness in a silent auction a few months ago. Okay. Like a year ago. And I binged the entire, I think it's like a 12 issue series. And seeing like the medieval like that I think took place during Je- uh, Jack the Ripper time, um, but seeing like zombies in a Victorian era has always been just fascinating. I think it's so cool that literally right before we started this episode, the Watchers and Emily, we were watching uh, the second to last episode of season two's What If uh, Avengers in sixteen oh two, and seeing all of them there was awesome really cool to see how all of those characters were depicted and i feel we definitely here got a very similar era well i love seeing comic stories that take place in the past there's something so fascinating to seeing like you know you talk about like gotham by gaslight or avengers 1602 or there's uh what's it there's knights of I want to say Knights of Arcadia, but I don't think that's right. Where, or no, Knights of Avondale, I think, where it's a reimagining of the Avengers, like, as Knights of the Round Table, like, during King Arthur and all that. Okay. And, like, when you get, like, these medieval or Victorian, or even, like, World War II era comic stories, those can be told very well. And it's just interesting to see characters that we know then transplanted into these other eras and and time periods. Everything about that, the artwork, the depiction of the characters of their time, I thought was really cool. The zombies, everything about it, it's just the story. The story, I can't Well, I mean, they also, they reveal at the end that uh, Ghost of Christmas Future is Scrooge. which you might not immediately pick up on, but when he throws the, the blanket over his head and it covers him exactly how Ghost of Christmas Future... I didn't pick up like on these that. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, I have the hard copy right here, so I'll show it to you. thing about the fact that they go and show you things that you wouldn't normally see in the actual story. So let me see if there's a good picture of Ghost of Christmas Future here. And so, yeah, so you see, like, the way that he has... When you meet the Ghost of Christmas Future, he has the cloak on, and all you can see is, like, his jaw, which makes you kind of think of, like, death itself. And then the last page of, I believe it's issue four, you have uh, Scrooge throws the clo- the throws the sheet over his head. Right. And it exactly matches how Ghost wow. of Christmas Future. Wow. But 
when I was pulling up that page, there's also one of my favorite lines. All right, so that was pretty well done. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, lines is that um, a few pages before that, when Ghost of Christmas Future brings Scrooge to see uh, Bob Cratchit's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cratchit's sitting there. He's got the, the, um, the crutch for Tiny Tim in front of him. And then Scrooge is asking, like, oh, well, what happened to Tiny Tim? What happened? And then the Tiny Tim's, like, banging on the door. He comes in and zombified Tiny Tim, and he just goes... Um, what did he say? What did he say? He says, um, Father, why can't God bless me, Father? Uh, he won't bless his father anyone. Which is the same as, like, his line is, God blesses everyone. That's always, like, the Tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. So, like, that changes than just seeing, like, the zombified, like, Tiny Tim just standing Oh, it's the gnarly. The, the zombie stuff is really well done. And, like, uh, in the panel right there, you saw the smoke gathering around them. Right. And all of that artwork behind it, I thought, really added effect to the, to the nightmare that was going on around everything. And we, like, you see a change in, part of the story is when Ghost of Christmas Future is, like, showing Scrooge what he has to look forward to, you get, like, the the Thieves' Den uh, scene where, like, the the thieves are, like, going through Scrooge's stuff. Mm -hmm. And in this version, you kind of get that, but they're trying to get all of his materials to give to what they call the Hungry Death. Because it's essentially just the the poor people just need food and money. Safe haven. They just need something. And Scrooge is just hoarding everything. Mm -hmm. And then you... That kind of goes into the ghost of Christmas future. With everybody raiding a shit. And everybody is taking everything that was Scrooge's. And... You know what? Good. I did have to say that I I found that the... Titles for the zombies very interesting because they call them the hungry death and then they also call them the surplus population because Scrooge's whole thing in the beginning is oh you know there's the surplus population like people who want or need things like send them to the poor houses send them to the workhouse mm-hmm. send them to jail like he says all this stuff and so then the nickname for the zombies then just becomes the surplus population everybody's becoming part of the surplus they population. never were referred to as zombies true the only reference to zombies, quote unquote, is the title of the comic. Well, and I think at that because zombies is a more contemporary word. Like that wasn't a word back in back in this time era. So like they wouldn't have a word to describe It was cool that they acknowledged that. Yeah. Alright, do you guys have anything else you want to say about the about the story? I know let's, this was compared to, what? Let's talk about actual Marvel zombies. I, I wish like, I like Marvel Zombies Voodoo Man. The new the new series is pretty good. I've only read the first issue so far, but I need to go back and read. I don't think I read the initial Marvel Zombies stories. No uh, fucking way. I read some of them. Dude. I read the the introduction to Marvel Zombies happens in uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four series, right? And then it bleeds into its own series, all right? Because then it jumps into the multiverse, right? I was half hoping. Awesome. When Scrooge gets bit by like the horse and that starts the I like the zombie apocalypse, I was hoping there would be some kind of reference to the Marvel Zombies 
anything. Itself. Just give me something. <laughs> like, because I think they, they establish in the main series, I think Sentry is the one who, like, causes the, the outbreak or whatever. Like, have Bob Reynolds just pop up, bite Scrooge, and then fly off on his merry way. Yeah. Like, something like that. I think they were just trying to stick with their timeline, which sucks, and I hate, <clears throat> but... I get it. I, I mean, I ultimately enjoyed the story overall. I hate uh, it. Uh, that's, fair. that's fair. I mean, I still, I wouldn't give it a high rating. All right, here's the thing. I was just in and out of it. I didn't like the beginning, and then issues two and three were pretty good. Issue four, <clears throat> issue four was all right, but issue five just terrible. Yeah. God awful, in my opinion. I'm going to give it a five out of ten. I skipped issue one. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. I skipped issue one. Why? You read it. <laughs> I that's not come on. You read it, you so you get it. I I would have given the story probably a, a six or a seven, I think. Just because I I enjoyed it. I thought it, it was a fun little non cape comic to read. You yeah. Know, it was like a non superhero thing. It was a nice little change from the the norm. I, I get the criticisms for it. I guess it's just not our style. No, that's fair. So I I do have to say on that point, I am proud of you guys for reading it though, because it could have been so, so easy. So fucking hard. If you guys started, you were like, yeah, no, we're not. It's not it. often that you that you request something like this. What I th- I mean, we were talking about doing something for the holidays. Uh, we were trying to come up with an idea, and I was like, "Well, this is this is a Christmas comic, right?" So, I mean, I know we were even talking about doing like some of the DC. Uh, DC will do like winter Christmas comics every year. Marvel does some of their own, uh, but I thought this was like a fun little five issue self contained story. You don't have to know anything before or after it. Like you just read this, and just the mar the Marvel logo just really, really misdecepts you. Well. But my rating, the the art was there. I liked all the effects the that were going on. The art was pretty sick. The, everything about the artwork was really cool. The story, again, it was just repetitive. It was the same thing over and over. Scrooge literally got bit by a horse. I just wish there was a better introduction. To exactly. The That's all I want. <laughs> like if it was the same, the same story, the same Christmas Carol story, but with a zombie apocalypse. That's fine. Give it a good plot. That's my thing. But since the art was there, I'm not going to go with the lowest rating. I'll hit it with a solid, like, 4.55. I mean, that's fair. I think if they had done something... There there are issues with the story. There are issues with the plot. Um, I think what would have been a cool idea, if they had introduced an idea of, like, maybe one of the... Infinity Stones or something in it. That, that would have that, been like, awesome. It's, instead of it being him being bit by the horse and spreading this disease, it's his own like negative feelings and cold feelings that then spread and, and creates this apocalypse. Because then the ending when he like gets the light back or whatever the fuck, then that makes sense for how the apocalypse ends. Give me this year's uh, Scarlet Witch. Like, that eras. It would have been nice to have seen it adapted as a Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol. Right. But, alright, so we, we've given our ratings on this story. I won't torture you guys by making you 
talk about it anymore, but do we want to get into just our holidays, what we read, what we did? Yeah, if you guys have waited this long, thank you, and keep, <laughs> keep holding out. Uh, my holiday, it was, it was pretty nice, actually. Gabe stayed the night, as he usually does. Uh, woke, yeah. Oakley, my daughter, she got she got a whole bunch of stuff. I had to go through a whole changeover with all of the kid stuff I had previously, mm. and I had to get rid of some things just to make room. She has she has a ball pit. She's got a Professor X wheelchair that she's terrified of. I was saying, but you were showing us that before. My uh, my niece and my nephews have the same thing. I think my dad ended up getting it for them for Christmas a couple years ago. They seemed to like it. Somebody put... We went to my sister's for Christmas, and somebody put... Uh, the youngest is named Liam, who's not even a year old yet, and somebody put him into the uh, into the, the car thing, and then he figured out... Like, they turn it on, and he figured out... He figured the, out how to get it to go. And I'm sitting there, and he hits it, and he comes at me. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I love you, kid, but I have no problem, like, pushing you out of the way if you're going to run me over. Trying to get my inheritance early. Uh, I was like, what are you? <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things that took me by surprise this Christmas, my my mom, she got this big box. There was this big box in my living room, and it was titled To Jared and Oakley. And I'm sitting there thinking, because it's the biggest thing in the room, and I have no idea what it is. So, we're opening our gifts. It's one of the first things that I open. Is that big-ass box that's sitting there with me and my daughter's name on it. I open it up. It is an 18-inch Mickey Mouse Funko Pop. And I'm sitting there just absolutely shocked. It is most definitely a gift to both me and my daughter. But all I'm thinking in my head... Where the hell am I gonna put this thing? I don't have enough room for the pops that I have. See, what you should do is you should just put them uh, in the windowsill, and then you can decorate them for different holidays. That way, people can see it all dressed up uh, for each holiday. Like you put it in a in a windowsill, and then like for Christmas, you just put like a Santa hat on top of it, and that way people outside can see it with the Santa hat. See, I'm able to have my pops condensed to the studio area in my bedroom. If they start migrating, there's going to be a lot of lot of hell on my plate. I mean, you could put it in your window. I don't have the right window sill for it. Well, I get that. Right. See? That's, that's where I'm at. That's, I mean, that's... Put it yeah. in the playroom window. Can't do that. It's the playroom. No, she will get them. Oh yeah. She's she's crafty like that, just like her daddy. Well, I mean, it's an eighteen-inch Mickey Mouse. I don't know how much no, that's, she can do with that thing. That's in her room. I got a whole. No, she's got her oh, that first was the set. One that I was saying. Yeah, no, she's got though. she's got her own set going on. She's got Goofy on Dumbo. She's got Donald Duck, and then the eighteen-inch Mickey. And Aww. yeah, that's cute. She's got some Powerpuff Girl Pops, uh, Deadpool Ballerina in there. Okay. Yeah, she's got a whole set. Oh, trust me, I'm teaching her young. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what, credit card debt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mine. I have $13,000 in credit card debt. I was telling uh, Gabe, we had gone, 
hiking yesterday, uh, Gabe, Em, and I up in Bear Mountain, and at one point, Gabe made a joke, uh, essentially, that he was going to push me off one of the rocks, or he was going to essentially just let me die on this trail. And I went, all right, that's fine, then I'll leave you with all my uh, comic book uh, credit card debt. He was like, what the fuck? He's like, I don't even get the comics. I was like, no, you just got the debt. That's that's all you get. I get the comics. Bullshit. Fuck, you will. Bullshit. Fuck, you will. <laughs> you just get the debt that comes along with it. You have space for 1,900 comics? Oh. I don't think you understand. I've mastered the, the power the, the, of making space. The space for 1,900-plus comic book volumes and God knows how many issues. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, Guess who most of his collection is by? It's about a, 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 a good amount. One of these days I'm going to get all of his stuff off my walls and just take a picture of all of his stuff. Or maybe at this point I should just have a Bendis uh, shelf, really. That would be, be interesting to say. I'm I mean, shocked that you don't Hickman, yeah. I think Jonathan Hickman is the only other one that I have just as much. And maybe Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Johns does a lot of good work. Johns is like one of my top three writers. He, I mean, he does. There are names in the uh, the industry that have just been around forever. I mean, you know, we we joke that I mentioned Bendis a lot, but there we go. Uh, Jonathan Hickman did uh, has done just a lot of stuff between his Avengers run, his Fantastic Four. He's doing Ultimate Spider-Man, which comes out next week. Um, if this airs after that point, that would be January 17th, I believe it comes out. Um, you know, and then you have, like, Mark Wade is another name that always pops up, uh, whose stuff I have a lot of. Like, there are some of these writers that you can just read their stuff for years, and you still might not read everything they've done. There's just so much, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited, going back to Jeff Johns. Uh, with Ghost Machine, him leaving superhero comic books entirely yeah, and going I, on to his indie stuff. They're supposed to be doing the first issue of the Geiger prequel series, I think came out this week. Um, and I still, I mean, I have the, the first issues that we got at Comic-Con. I still haven't read them yet. They're still on my to read pile to be read yeah my tbr my to be read pile my to be read pile is so goddamn big i'm gonna send i have a stack of trades to read and then two stacks full of individual issues so emily and i are going uh away to whitehaven this weekend and i'm going to just throw a whole bunch of comics you're gonna be binge reading uh batman batman fortress right well, that's now. I, so I just finished reading uh, "Sweet Tooth" uh, by Jeff Lemire because I'm a huge fan of the the TV show, and you guys actually convinced me to get the compendium when we all went to Barnes and Noble. Yes, we did. Uh, and I sat down. I read through that entire thing. Ten out of ten. Highly recommend reading it. Highly recommend watching the show. Uh, so now that I've done that and I finished reading the Christmas Carol, I'll read Fortress. But I think that that's only a eight. six eight issues. So that, I might even be able to get through that this week, and then I'll be just bringing more stuff along with I'm me. just so excited to talk to you about that. I'm excited to read it. Um, you know what I'm excited to talk to you about? Now Z- I'm scared. Zero point. 
Oh, Jesus you Christ. You should read Zero Point. I know. I know, especially with my favorite character in all of DC. His face is on the final cover. I'm just... I need to I read, uh, was it Zero War, I think, which is the Marvel Fortnite crossover. Oh, I didn't even know they did one. Yep. Zero Year's pretty good for going into Zero Comics. Zero Year is also pretty good. Um, well, there's Zero Year, there's the Batman version, and then there, oh, there's Zero Hour, which was, like, one of DC's, uh, storylines after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Since we're talking about zero comics, what the fuck is happening? I don't, I don't, I don't know what that turned into. And we want to talk about zeros. There's also zero, the ghost dog from uh... Gabe. What'd you do for Christmas? <laughs> uh, this Christmas, I house hopped as all orphans do. Um, I went to. <clears throat> And yeah, I had a pretty good day. I was filled with family. Um, we actually uh, ended the day by going to Peddler's Village. Yeah, the Christmas Day, yeah. yeah. The Watchers went to Peddler's Village. Yeah, it was so peaceful. There was like nobody there. All the lights were up. It was a pretty good day. Anthony? Uh, yeah, I spent Christmas Day with my family. Christmas Eve I got to spend with Emily, which is always nice. Uh, Emily basically won Christmas because she got my parents, like, the perfect gifts. She got my grandmother the perfect gift. Like, everybody just loved everything. That Emily's she perfect at gift giving. Emily's perfect, period. Um, and I... Like, I obviously, when I'm giving out the gifts, like, it's got my name and her name on it. And everybody was like, oh, thank you. I was like, it, it's all her. She gets all the credit for it. Like, she got my dad. My dad's from uh, from Naples in Italy. And he's a big Naples soccer fan. She got him a license plate uh, holder that had, like, the Naples, um, like, crest and everything. Oh, wow. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, thank you. I was like, that that was her. Like, she did all of the shopping. So, yeah, that was basically my Christmas. And then, otherwise, I've mainly just been reading... Um, really get my hands on like i said i've been reading the sweet tooth compendium uh for the past few weeks which is phenomenal i finished it uh the other night and then i ended up just buying sweet tooth the return which okay. is the, it's like the six issue i don't know if it's a sequel series i think it's like six issues of a story that takes place within the main story um uh, but i'm excited it's supposed to be arriving uh within the next few days, I think. Okay. So that's probably going to end up being my next read after I'm done Fortress. Because uh, I just absolutely love Sweet Tooth. Yeah, I read Fortress over Christmas. I read... I fin I refinished... I reread the Outlaws line. Ooh. Yeah, and I just started Batman Eternal. And so that's far... I'm, I'm only a couple issues in. But so far, I am really really impressed and my personal favorite writer wrote it scott snyder and i'm so excited to read batman and robin eternal is also very good. yeah that's the, the sequel, sequel right and yeah. it have brings all in of them. yeah it brings in because i've read both lines um and batman and robin eternal brings in some of the other background batman characters who they kind of got rid of during the new 52 
when the new 52 did the reboot they got rid of a lot of batman supporting cast other right. than like the main robins that you know but like Stephanie Brown disappears. Cassandra Cain disappears. All the background characters. Yeah. Some of the some of the other characters kind of disappear, uh, and you start seeing them coming back during the Eternal uh, era. I think you also see Harper Rowe, who's a fascinating character. Oh, uh, she shows up in Snyder. I think she was a creation of Snyder's, mm-hmm. and she shows up in the main Batman series, and then I'm pretty sure she comes back during Eternal. And she gets featured in, like, the Rebirth era as well. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I read during this time. But it was mainly the, the Sweet Tooth Compendium and uh, Monkey Prince, which is also a very good series uh, by DC, which deals with this kid who, who finds out that he is the son of uh, the Monkey King, who is a mythological character... Uh, from I believe it's from from Chinese mythology, and it, it's such a fun, goofy read. I I highly recommend. I'll I'll have to loan you guys copies of that because it's such a good, just fun story. That sounds fun. Uh, and like his nemesis becomes Damian Wayne. Oh what? Uh, like he ends up hating Damien. He tries to flirt with Supergirl, which is just hilarious. You don't really get that many Robin. Robin nemesis. That yeah, that's true. A lot of the, the Robins don't nemesis. really have any nemeses. <laughs> Either way, they don't have like a, a character that always comes back. Um, I think Red Hood. They were trying to do that with Black Mask for a while. That didn't really play out as well as I thought it would have. Nightwing. They get blockbuster. Kind blockbuster, of. yeah. Um, Tim Drake, I can't think of anybody who's like a Tim Drake villain. Yeah, nah. But, um... What about you, Gabe? Was there anything that you read during uh, during the holidays? I've been reading Devil's Reign. I'm about halfway through it. It is an awesome series. <laughs> that is... Uh, and I think that's by Chip Zdarsky, if I'm not mistaken. And Zdarsky's uh, Daredevil run that leads into Devil Rain is, from what I've read, and I I haven't finished that, that's also very good. I need to read more build-up because I'm really enjoying it so far, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's just so many components that I'm missing because I haven't read anything, really. Well, and there's a lot that kind of goes into what happens there, but, yeah, I remember really... I remember looking forward to Devil's Reign when it came out and just not being disappointed by it. Like, it was mm-hmm. such a good read. The whole concept of Kingpin being mayor and turning New York against mutants and superheroes is just... Uh, it's just so Oh, cool. that's right. You were telling me about it. It is awesome. It, it's interesting because it takes the idea of, like, Civil War, where, like, it's a national ban on superheroes and then just condenses it to New York only. And it's also cool because you get Ben Riley as Spider-Man at the time, yeah. which is fantastic. Ooh. Give me, give me my sad clone boy. <laughs> any, any chance I get to reference my sad clone boy, I'm, I'm happy. Um, but yeah, that's got that's got some good panels to it. Doctor Octopus has a pretty significant part in it. Okay, he gets his own little mini. Oh, you love Doc Ock. I love Doc Ock. One of my favorite Spider-Man villains. But is there anything else that you guys wanna? 
Well, I mean, I, I spent kind of during the holidays, or maybe right before, I was reading some of the, the new DC manga that's coming out. Oh, that's so right. Read, you were talking yeah, to us about I read, that. Um, let me see if I can pull the up Batman the, one, right? The list here. I, I read it. It was a couple of Batman ones, and it was a couple of Superman uh, ones. Let me see if I can pull up the list here. So there's Superman versus Meshi. Uh, Those Superman ones that you showed me had a very similar animation to My Adventures with Superman. The yeah, Max it looked original. very similar to it. Uh, but Batman versus, or Superman versus Meshi is basically Superman becomes infatuated with Japanese chain restaurants. And so each issue is just him going and getting food. But it's funny because it's like sometimes he's like, I need to share this experience with my friends. So he like brings the Justice League along with him. And, like, it establishes Bruce, like, high-end, fancy, like, sushi and other Japanese foods. And Superman's like, no, no, no. You go for, like, the basic cheap stuff and it tastes even better. And there's, like, an, a little arc where, like, Superman's having an Instagram uh, fight with Lex Luthor over, like, taking pictures of their food. It's, like, such a fun, stupid little story. It was great to, like, read that on the on the train during my commute into the city for work. I also read uh, Joker uh, One Operation, or One Man Operation. Ooh. That's the one where uh, Batman gets turned into a baby, and so then Joker has to try to raise him to be a hero. That way Joker's existence makes sense. Seeing Joker transform from the sadistic villain we all know into just a dad... A father. ...is so funny. He's like, I need to get... I need to get I Batman. feel like it'd be really hard to be able to, like, successfully do that. He's like, I need to, I need to get Batman into a good daycare so he can become a good hero. And so it's like him going through, like, the interview phases of daycares... And, like, at one point, one of the managers is, like, uh, is giving him shit about something. He's like, I guess I'll have to kill them. And then Batman can't go here. And it's, like, such a fascinating... That was a lot of fun. And then the, the other one that I read was... Uh, you know what? Technically, along along the line of that Joker, if, if he really wants Batman to get to the point that he needs to be, jo he's got to watch Joker get shot. Well, that's fair. But, I mean, Joker doesn't know that it's Bruce Wayne. So Ooh. that's the other thing. And then Ooh. at one point, uh, Alfred pops up at the daycare for whatever reason. And he's like, that baby looks very familiar. <laughs> it's such a it's such a fun read. And then there was, uh, which actually now that I'm looking at it, those are the same writers. The one who does Joker, One Man Operation, and Superman vs. Meshi. Okay. It's the same writer, which I didn't realize until just now. I might have to borrow that off of you. you as soon as you finish Deadpool Samurai. I do have to finish Once that. you finish that, I will loan you the next manga... Uh, and the last one that I read, which I think you guys would enjoy, is uh, Batman Justice Buster. And it's just a different take on Batman. But the best part is Joker, instead of being a villain, is just an anti-hero who teams up with Batman. The new character designs are fascinating. It's such a fun read. Is it kind of like White Knight? Similar to it. But not exactly. Okay. Jared is so particular about them changing the Batman story, so I'm interested if he's going to like it. I'm skeptical about it. Justice I'm not going to lie, I am. Justice Buster is one of the closest ones to the, the Batman that we know. Uh, there's also Batman Death Mask is a pretty good one. 
um, which I think they've adapted to American comics as well. But he finds out about this mythology of like a bat-inspired Ronin or samurai, and like he talks, he goes into his own history of when he visited Japan when he was like studying and training. Um, so that that one I would also recommend. I I just love I love when they do manga and anime versions of the heroes we know. Another good one is Spider-Man Fake Red, which I think Gabe, I loaned you. That one is also fantastic. I mean, whenever you see these these changes to the characters, if they're done well, it's fantastic. It has to be done right. Well, that's the thing. And I mean, Marvel put out their own anime versions or their own anime series of their, their characters, uh, which actually I think Gabe, I, had, I left at your house. They have anime Blade, Iron Man... Uh, X-Men, Wolverine those series they used to air on G4 and they were fantastic, I own all of them on DVD because you can't stream them anywhere now. I've seen the Iron Man one It's well I think you, you saw the, the movie right? Yes this is something different, <sighs> this is a TV show okay, so these are at my place we gotta watch them sometime I yes. will, I'll binge watch that with you guys oh for sure it's so good. and now uh, DC's doing their Suicide Squad anime which I think is supposed to come out this year Yes. Um, I still have to pre-order that Suicide Squad video game. Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Yeah, I'm debating on whether or not I want to pre-order that or I'll just pick it up when it comes out. Okay. Um, but that is on my list. My my only complaint about that, the trailers just make it seem like everybody just has guns. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Harley and Deadshot, that makes sense. But why does King Shark need a gun? He's a shark. He is a shark. He's a shark. And, I mean, Boomerang's got boomerangs. He doesn't need a gun. He just needs to... Right. But apparently they give everybody guns in the game. It's probably just as a secondary, and then they have their special main ability. I don't know. I just want to run around eating people as King Shark. That's, <laughs> that's just all I want to do. King Shark is a shark. Just sleek apocalypse references. But, on that note, is there anything else you guys want to get into about the holidays? I don't think so. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Well, I we did watch uh, when we were at Gabe's at one point. I was zoned in on uh, A Christmas Story, which is one of Gabe's favorite right. movies. So I did want I wanted to throw that in there because I couldn't remember the last time I'd watched the movie all the way through. Oh, it's an it's an annual thing. Yeah, I Gabe turned it. it on. I can't remember. I think we might have been over to bake cookies or do something. And I ended up just sitting on the couch and watching the entirety of A Christmas. Didn't I throw that on? Yeah, I watched it six times. I love that movie. You know what I didn't see this year, which started becoming a Christmas staple? Uh, Christmas Vacation. The National Lampoon. I watched that. I didn't yeah, watch, we threw that on. I didn't watch Polar Express this year. I watched that with mm, Oakley. Me neither. All right, and on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Hope your guys' holiday was as good as ours. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right. See you guys again in two weeks for our next episode. Later.